Geeked. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to us. Did you miss us? In case you forgot who we are, I'm Princess Weeks. And I am Tessa Netting. And you are back and listening to, of course, The Geek Podcast, your one-stop shop for fandom convos, pop culture, media, all nerd geek things. Each week, we're going to skim the surface of what's popular in geek culture, then deep dive into the lore of a Netflix world that is bigger than our own. Today and night, we're going to delve into the animated mind of Kid Cudi himself with his new romantic film, Intergalactic. Yes, I am pumped to talk about this one because, I don't know, I think this might have turned me into a Kid Cudi fan, perhaps? Hell yeah. I was excited to talk to you about this. But before we get into it today, Tessa, tell me, I'm dying to know, I've missed you so much. What's got you geeked this week? Let me tell you. Oh, man. So many things. Well, I'm just, first of all, geeked to be back. <laughs> so uh, Yes, yeah, so good to be back. Mm-hmm. It was nice to have a little break sometimes, but there's so much that is happening in the fall. The fall is now. The time is now. Uh, so the pumpkins are up. You know, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's time for us both to step into our most powerful forms and talk about some of the best movies and shows that I've been looking forward to the most like this whole year it's like I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and now it's finally time Wednesday we got some sneak peeks uh we got like they're freaking cute ass uniforms that I'm obsessed with Ugh. the students of Nevermore Academy I love a good uniform it looks like Beetlejuice meets Ravenclaw meets like I don't know just give me all of the magical school vibes and also like Glass Onion, the sneak peek. We got to see like the invitation in the form of a puzzle box, and it was so cool. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I just know that that movie is going to be like one of the best things I've ever seen. So I am just, it makes me want to do an escape room so badly. I need Ryan Johnson to create an escape room. Oh my God. That would be so chaotic. I would go. Right? Hands down. Uh, So that's what's got me the most geeked. What about you, princess? Honestly, what's got me the most geeked is so I've suddenly got into, like, legal drama shows. I just love watching them. Like, and... On Netflix right now, there's Partner Track with Arden Cho in it, who was on Teen Wolf. And it has just been so fun to watch. It's like my after I like have a long day, I'm like, I want to unpack. Let me watch this successful female lawyer (laughs) deal with complicated moral issues while also flirting with two guys I think she could do better than. But... Um, <laughs> Classic. But what else is new? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really cool. And also, uh, part of the re- the announcements was the release of the cast for Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, and <gasps> they got the actress from uh, Prey to be Princess Yue. And I'm just sitting here like, well, I've already loved that character. This is iconic casting. And despite like a few like nitpick stuff, I am glad that the entire cast of that show ended up being Asian as promised. So that makes me really excited to see what they do with everything. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Oh, oh my goodness. And I love Avatar. So it's like, I feel like every time something new Avatar related comes out, I'm just like, uh, here I am back at being 14 again, back in the mm-hmm. Zutara Wars, time to battle. But I'm looking forward <laughs> to 
all of it. That's one battle that I would stand beside you. I was also a Zutara is, person. We would be fully united we would. on that. That's on that, it, front. on that front. We would stand united because that is something that I do get still get into arguments with my friends about. I have a friend that is obsessed with Aang and Katara, and I just cannot understand the logic. My, my girlfriend also ships Cat Aang. It's one of those things. Like you see how I can go across the aisle. It's like you, go, you wow, see how princess. I don't like. So brave. I know. Whenever we ship something that's different, it's always just like we're so brave making it work with all these, <laughs> all our these love political differences. Wow, I, the power, the power of our the power love. Of love. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Obsessed. Can't wait. Bring on the fall. But speaking of fall and cuffing season, we have a nice romantic animated film to talk about, don't we, T? Oh, yes. We definitely do. Let's talk about it now. So today we are going to be talking about Kid Cudi's new television special, which was so surprisingly sweet and kind and thoughtful and mm-hmm. well acted. And I was really, really into it. What about you, Tessa? I know you didn't know who Kid Cudi was before. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry <laughs> to all of the Kid Cudi fans. I'm just a really big musical theater dork that listens to really basic pop radio. So I did not know. I'm the whitest person alive. So I, I did not know. Um, But I absolutely loved this. I thought that this was such a cool and great idea to like promote an upcoming album and also not even promote to create this whole experience for someone to like to listen. Because when I'm listening to an album, I don't like to listen all the way through usually I'll just like Mm -hmm. oh I'll hear a song here and then if I like it I'll hear another like single here or my friend will recommend a song here so I don't like listen through a full album normally unless it's a musical theater album because I need a story baby so this gave me a story and I'm like this is cool this is really a great idea it's revolutionary and you know Get that Emmy. I agree. I think it's good. I mean, what if he he'd be like two parts of an EGOT? Because I know he's won two mm, Grammys. Deserved it. Get it. I'm so excited because uh, for those who also may not know, so Kid Cudi is an he's a rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, actor, and he's really been a very popular alt rapper. Most people got into him in 2008 with his debut single, Day and Night, which was self-published on his MySpace page. Legendary, iconic, you know, back when you could do that with MySpace. Logic Careers. Take that, SoundCloud. (laughs) (laughs) And since then, he's gone on to produce and work with many big artists across a lot of different genres, including Michael Bolton. So he even has hits for your moms. And this is like the first thing I've seen him in in a while. Like, I know he's done some small appearances and stuff because I know he was in like the Bill and Ted movie and Don't Look Up. Mm -hmm. But this was definitely very different from what I thought he would do for something like this. Oh, my God. It was like his own immersive world come to life. And it was sort of blending like, oh, animation and reality. The people that are voicing the characters kind of look like the characters, too, which is Mm -hmm. like interesting. And I... I don't know. To me, this is like seriously pushing the boundaries and like raising the bar when it comes to like storytelling. And I don't know if this is like kind of stupid of me, but I didn't realize how well like 
music and animation can go hand in hand. Like, it's obvious now. And I think about it, especially like some of my favorite animated things are because like the music has was so involved in it, like Spider-Verse. Mm. But it's like they elevated each other so beautifully. It was almost like I was watching like choreography or something because it was so interwoven. I fucking Mm -hmm. loved it. It was amazing. It's just so Mm. well detailed and beautiful. And I thought about how much I wish that something like Beyonce's Lemonade would have got something like this because that's Ah. something I was like, oh, that would look so good animated. Like, or like Chromatica. You know, I just think about like, it's so fun to blend like those images together and tell the narrative story of your album, of your work with an animated form. And I think it was just really thoughtful. And I've also just, I don't think since like Bay Bay Kids or maybe even... um, (laughs) Spider-Verse, have I seen, like, such a roster of animated stuff with so many Black actors on it in, like, a Mm -hmm. while. So it was just really fun to see all these people have an opportunity to play this. And I also love the idea of, like, so Kid Cudi, his character's name is Jabari. He has two really close friends, and one of them is voiced by Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) And so the idea of Timothy Chalamet and Kid Cudi, like, hanging out was very funny to me. I could not take that it was Timothy Chalamet because all I could think about is him being like, I fucking love fingerling potatoes from Don't Look Up. Because like, he, he was doing that same type of vibe that he was doing in that movie. And it just made me laugh so hard because I was like, oh, God, here comes the fingerling potatoes. But um, yeah, it, the casting was super unexpected, but brilliant. I was like, wow, this is really, really good. I wouldn't want any other person playing this character. So hell yeah. Good job. Yeah, a really good job. And I think that sometimes, you know, I can sometimes be reluctant to be like really enthusiastic about like big name actors being yeah, voice actors because I sometimes, feel. you know, you, t- you feel like you're taking away from the artistry of one group of actors. But I felt like because of how specific it was, I felt like the writers really picked every person with intention, especially since they look so similar to their real world counterparts. So it, it worked in a way that I was really pleased with. Yeah, I was actually even wondering, like, when they were creating this, like, did they have people in mind, like, from the beginning? Or Mm. did they, like, how collaborative was it in that sense? Or how much, like, which came first? Like, when (laughs) did he write the album and then was like, oh, I want to make this animated thing? Or did he, like, have this animated idea in mind and then, like... (laughs) with that in mind, wrote the album because he knew he wanted to tell this whole thing? Or was it like, oh, these songs, if I put them in this order, that would really make sense? You know what I'm saying? I really wish I knew more of the the behind-the-scenes, like, process of how this happened because I think it's such a cool an interesting idea. So Netflix, do a documentary. (laughs) I want to know. Yeah, I definitely would love to see like a making of because I feel like, you know, animate, like especially because this feels like such a spiritual successor to like Into the Spider-Verse and Arcane of this very realistic, but still very clearly animated style. And I really dig it. You know, I I don't think, Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of bougie, but I feel like I'll always still have like this really like soft spot for hand-drawn animation 
But this art style is probably of the modern ones my favorite. I feel like it just le- lends to so much like visual creativity because it's not meant to be totally smooth all the time. So it's allowed yes. to have sort of like the, you know, it's allowed to look different, to have that more yeah. uncanny than this perfect CGI smoothness. It, it, I just really enjoy this animation style. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this animation style. It's like, like you said, it feels it feels like alive because it moves in that way. Mm-hmm. It's almost like 2D mixed with 3D. Like it feels mm-hmm. stop motion almost yeah. sometimes. But that's so like when I saw it in Spider-Verse, I was like, oh, man, this is I love this. This is like a comic book mm-hmm. come to life. But then, like, with Arcane, I felt like Arcane sort of, like, elevated that idea and was like, okay, let's take this to this level. And then this is sort of taking it again. And I'm like, let's keep going. I feel like we have only scratched the surface with, like, what you could do with this type of medium in this way because it just looks so freaking beautiful. It's like, also— So good. God bless, like, adult animation that looks aesthetically fucking pleasing. It's about time. Like, can we not just, like, joke around? Like, oh, the only adult animation that exists is ones that have to be, like, really crass or look really— You know what I mean? Like, what what do we just get Family Guy? No. Give me this. Yeah, no. (laughs) It was nice to see, like, sexualities have depicted in animation, but, like, in an an adult story and an adult art form. So it wasn't just jokes, you know? I Uh really, I totally agree with you. And I just looked it up. So they started working on this and shaping it in 2019. And I just love that studios are allowed to take time to do it because I feel like, you know, with all of the studio stuff, no shade to nobody specific, but, you know, v- special effects people have to work so quickly now yeah. to keep up with what people think. They think, just, oh, just put it in the computer. But you can really tell, at least I feel like you can tell, like, the video people really got to sit down and create interesting visual storytelling to really yes. allow that part of the narrative to come alive. And so I feel like even if you're not familiar with Kid Cudi or his work, it just is visually inviting. And it's also just really nice that it it looks and it feels like the special effects team was allowed to take their time, really mm-hmm. craft a narrative with their medium. Because I think, you know, yes. we talk about the writers, we talk about the directors and writers and everything, but the animators are also crafting this story. It is just as important yep. as the words right on the page to making it come alive. And I felt like it definitely did. You can tell because of the little details that they added to, mm-hmm. it was really thoughtful. Just the little, like that was one of my, I don't know, something that made me really happy was the little like real life things that I experienced that are now in animated form, it was sort of like romanticizing these little things that I do that are really dumb. Like, oh, there's my phone on a nightstand or, oh, there's like the glow of like when I FaceTime someone like, oh, this is what it looks Mm -hmm. like. I've never, I've never seen that. Like, because normally when we see like current day animation, that's, it's just like, oh, it's a Disney movie or it's, oh, it's, or it's like, oh, it's a kid's animated movie. It's this, it's, we don't get to see it in this beautiful art form. So it was so cool. I loved, I loved it. It was so smart. Everything you said, I totally agree with, especially like all the little notes and like seeing characters just get high casually. That wasn't going to be like, you know how in the old days, if you got high at a cartoon or even the inclination of alcohol, all of a sudden you were like pink elephants, Dumbo, but just to have it be like a gateway to like another 
animation style, which was really fun for me to see. Like, it made everything come together. But I realized that we haven't spoken about what this movie is about or this TV special. We tend to do that. So this special is about a, it's about this artist named Jabari who is finally like, getting his art together, he's got his own place, just moved in, things are going well. And he ends up meeting his really cool photographer, Neighbor Meadow, who is voiced by Jessica Williams. I'm your new neighbor, Jabari. Nice to meet you. I'm Meadow. Girl, is that your neighbor? Yeah. And... Jabari says at the beginning that he doesn't want to be in a relationship because he just wants to focus on his art, focus on his journey. And then he meets this really cool girl who's also trying to focus on her art and focus on her journey. And then they're both like, but maybe we love each other too. I'm not trying to fuck the vibes up. Neither of us really wanted nothing serious, so. Uh, And I was just like, ah, tale as old as time. Oh, (laughs) my God. This was, okay, I just need to say something here. Falling in love in New York City is actually a very specific experience. And I think that this film captures the feeling of that experience very well. And actually one of the, like, the most authentic ways I've ever seen because I've had this experience. I fell in love with Joe in New York City when I was 21. We were both artists. We were so young, but we were so in love. And there is something like so beautiful about that young love, but especially love in New York City. Like there's there's this magic there because meeting someone in the city is a big deal. When you're in New York, you could almost feel like this energy around you, right? And Mm -hmm. for some people, it's too much. For some people, it's, like, addicting. But I swear that that energy exists because there's, like, so many creative people packed in one small space. Mm -hmm. And so you could just, like, (laughs) you could feel their emotions. It's almost you're you're all emotionally connected to the city. The city is, like, a part of you. And that Mm -hmm. intense energy can almost, like, amplify your own emotions. So if you're depressed living in New York, like, that can make it feel ten times worse. (laughs) But... If you are falling in love in New York fucking city, that feeling is euphoria. It is the best feeling. It is uh, like it's unreal. It's so hard to explain that to people. It feels like like stop time. It feels like you're living in a movie. Like you feel so alive and free and it's beautiful. And you can feel that in this. Like I it was just that to me, that's what blew me away the most is it really like gave you that feeling of being love young and in love in New York City. So I was like, hell yeah. I love that. I totally agree. As someone who has fallen in love in New York City, it is definitely like that. But to me, the it's so funny because my my partner, she just moved. And now instead of being like 10 minutes away by train, we're 40 minutes away by train. And so we joke that we're in a long distance relationship. Because yeah. that's all, so like then this couple, they're neighbors. And I'm like, you mean you both got your own apartments <laughs> and you live in the same building and you can just go. Huge I was like, that's the apartments as well. Huge the apartments. I'm apartments like, I've ever seen. I was like, where did Suhu? I was like, where are you guys at? This was giving Soho. I was like, these are Brooklyn. I was like, where are you? Where is this? But I was like, so you have your, you're both artists with your own artist apartments. So you can Uh, go do your business and then go back to your own workspace and not have to feel away. I was like, that sounds lovely. I know. (laughs) The only thing better than living with your partner is living next door to your partner because it's like the stakes are. 
Oh my god, that's so. It's funny. like it's like we can be together and alone whenever we want. It's like that's the perfect yep. arrangement, honestly. So, for sure. and I love that Jessica Williams' character Meadow got mm-hmm. her own story because so often when you have that's a show point. or a movie that focuses on just like the male artist and their angst, like right. the woman can get totally turned into like you know a manic pixie dream girl type. But Jessica Williams is like, no, she's got her own vibe. She has her own reluctance about getting in a relationship. So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that she got to also feel things and have doubts that were based on her wanting to do her own thing. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things when you have you have two artists, you have them both wanting and knowing how selfish of a career that is, how much you need to focus on your own thing. But then... Love happens and you're like, shit, man. Love happens. Shit, man. I can't ignore it. I can't ignore this shit because it's like, it's too real and the feelings are too intense that you're like, Mm -hmm. God damn it. All right. (laughs) Let's do this. That's honestly, that's honestly why, that's honestly why breakups are like the most creative process to be in because you are never (laughs) more. You are never more than when you are just gotten to break it up with me. It's like, I am gonna make an art that is so traumatic that they're, they're gonna know it's about them, but I'm gonna be so successful with my trauma. It's like, uh-huh. no, you just for start sure. click, click, clacking away. It's terrible, but it is true. Well, that's why so many artists have, like, you know, they sort of keep themselves in this place of despair. It's a, it's a whole mm-hmm. thing, you know, because they feel like that's the only way that they can make art. But to me, there were so many, like, I don't know, there were so many little moments in this special that that sort of, like, showcased this, like, their love. And one that stood out to me was when the two of them, like, went to that diner together to get lunch. But then after, Mm -hmm. they, like, they were both just enjoying each other's company so much that when the meal was over, they both just, like, didn't want to leave. So then they just started walking. You know, and talking and hanging out and just being in the city without a plan, without a schedule, didn't know what they were doing. They just like. Very rent of them. uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. They just start singing like literally. (laughs) Oh, my God. But like that's to me, that is the craziness of New York. Like when there's so many people and things happening around you. But instead of feeding into that, you just focus all of that mm-hmm. energy into the other person. It's such a freaking surreal experience because it's like, then you start to notice like every little thing like about them, like the way that they look at you, the way that like every time they laugh, every time you touch hands, like you just, your heart like explodes and it feels like that crazy, like busy world around you just doesn't exist. And like this animation style mixed with the music, mixed with this acting, like perfectly gave me that feeling that I almost like cannot explain of when you're just like in New York City but there and there's all this shit happening but you only care about the person that you're like talking to it's all the time ah so good there's also nothing more iconic than your first meal with the person who ends up being like your partner like you know like because it's always Uh like I remember exactly like the first date I had with Anna she wanted to go to her favorite ramen spot And it was so funny because her entire personality was, like, in that date. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. she was late. She forgot her wallet. It was was hilarious. And then... (laughs) 
And then it's like, and it's like, those are the things that you always hold on to. Like you always remember like, where was our first date? And it just like, it clings to you. And it's like, usually about sharing food because that's when you get to talk and socialize and find out what each other likes. And it's just, ah. What, especially I love that it was like he was like oh I thought he was gonna take me to some like mukbang burger right. place and the then it ends up being when I'm just like and I'm just like that's right you make your man eat a, eat a burger wait princess do you have like a secret spot of your own like a place that's this little hidden gem in New York or some sort of thing that you like to take people or that is special to you it's not so much a hidden gem but I do love taking people so there's this place called mala project that my that my girlfriend and her friends got me into and it's like these big places where you go and you get like these big bowls of food and kind of like to share with each other and it's so good it's so delicious and you can make it vegetarian you can make it vegan you could make it with meat however you want it and then my favorite first date place (laughs) is uh (laughs) secrets revealed uh so it is a cafe it's a board game cafe called the uncommons and it is in right by nyu and you can go in and you pay like five dollars to play video games for like a couple of hours and so on our first date after we ate dinner we went there and we played marrying mr dossie and it was amazing because we, fun. we it was I fun and like we did it with british accents that's when i knew <laughs> That's when I really knew that it, that she was the one because we both decided that we were going to do it English style. So we just put on our like most posh accents <laughs> and we started playing the game and it was fantastic. Oh my God. That's so incredible. that's when I knew. <laughs> that's that's so good because it's sometimes you don't know where what to do on a first date. And I think a lot of people fall into the trap of like, let's see a movie. But I'm like, no, a movie is not a good first date because you no, can't talk to the other person. You're just like sitting there. And then you feel you you can't even watch the movie and enjoy the movie because you're so worried about what they're thinking next to you and you don't know, like you don't know them yet. So it's like, do mm-hmm. I laugh? Do I talk to them? Like how, what is our vibe? I don't even know our vibe yet. But sometimes just going to dinner that can be hard, too, because mm-hmm. you don't, like, <laughs> you're like, do they want to talk to me? Like, do they like to be a little more silent? Like, how, you don't know the vibe yet either. So I feel like you need to do something, then go to dinner. Like, you need to feel yeah. the vibe and see if you're connecting. That's why I love a late lunch date, because Ooh, with yes. lunch— you can have other plans and you can do right. other things. So if you're like, let's go get lunch. And then depending on how we're feeling, then we can like go get drinks somewhere. Because, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. like you go to a place that has drinks cheaper. Or like for us, it was Robin and the board game cafe. And then we went to go look at a record store. We just walked around. Because in New York, you can walk everywhere. So right. you can keep having a date for hours because you're just like, let's go just see this like place. Oh, I know that did. spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I definitely. What about you? Do you have a secret spot, secret Joe spot that you love so much? Oh, I did. And it was in New York, but it closed because of the pandemic. So oh, no. now I'm sad. But it was called um it was called Blockheads. And it oh, was I know Blockheads. Oh, 
Blockheads was my spot. It was uh, on 59th between like 9th and 10th. And I swear their margaritas were magic. Like I would go there and have a margarita and then something magical would happen. Like good things would happen. And so I just kept going there. And also the food was bomb. So I would just like go there, go with my friends. But I swear those frozen margaritas, there's something magical about them. And like every, uh, almost, I think almost every moment of like intense emotions like of good things happening like when I got proposed to right before I uh, got engaged before I went to like Billy like all these like things that happened all happened right after I went to Blockheads so amazing Blockheads was a magical place it was too powerful I think I think that's what happened I think I figured out like the the power that it had and they're like oh shit we can't we can't keep doing this gotta gotta shut this down Right. And I think, oh, to give you guys to give you guys like a tried and true New York trip. If you are visiting New York and you want to go like you're going to you're doing your Broadway and you're having fun. Mm-hmm. If you want to find the best bars, the best places to drink and you're stuck in like 42nd or 59th, go to 9th and 10th avenues. Yeah. Once you are out of the the fives to the five to eight is bastard town. Oh, that's God, where you're no. going to like it's going to be overcrowded, overpriced because that's like that's going to be like your midtown everything. But once you go to like nine and up. That's like more suburb city because that's where it's people great. actually live. Mm-hmm. And it's like the best gay bars are up there, the best yep. drinks, food. So just keep going up. Keep walking. Walk up on them avenues. Don't go down. <laughs> yes. good. That's a good tip, honestly. I always yeah. used to hang yeah. out on 9th. It was the best. It's it the best. One through, eight is, it, one through eight is demonic, but everything past <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> In the yeah. best way. It's just really expensive. That's where oh, the wealthy God. are. Yeah, so it's, so it's, yeah exactly. So it was all of New York. Honestly, watching this special made me like want to live in New York again on like low key a little bit. It made me miss it. It did make me wish that I could afford to have a bigger apartment in New York. That's what it was really in New York, yeah. That's what I was like. I was like, girl, where are the who's where are the listing prices for these places? Where's this fantasy New York? How do we get here? I know. (laughs) How you living in this brownstone looking up place on a photographer's salary? Tell me your secret. Spider Man, is that you? Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Well, this I I'm so glad I had to talk to you about this. And I think I'm glad that we, you know, got an opportunity to see it so early because I think that we don't get a lot of really fun romances. Like, right now, Jennifer Lopez is carrying the rom-com genre on her back. But it's nice to actually see, mm-hmm. like, a romance between two kids that have chemistry, have things mm-hmm. in common, and, like, are just both adult professional people in the world trying to figure that shit out. Yep. Also, these cartoons were fucking, man. Crazy. Yeah, good for them. Love Wild. that. Wild. Getting it in. Love it. Bless, yes. y- bless you. <laughs> this is the future that tunes. Spike TV wanted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, princess, <sighs> what's your one more thing? All right. One more thing. Animation is an immense medium. It's a genre that needs to be respected. Make sure everyone pay your animators and respect your animators and stick around for the credits. Like I said, I know it can be hard, but if you really want to know who to celebrate and who to thank for things, you should stay and watch the credits for films like this, especially. Y'all should stay for the credits every time. That pisses me off. That's like a thing that people do in L.A. that uh People like to stay for the credits, not just for Marvel movies, just because like they a lot of because you don't know the people might be in the theater a lot of times. But it's like, y'all, 
just stay. It's to get an extra 10 minutes. You could turn on your phone and look at it. But come on, so many people worked on it that like just for everyone to walk out and not even have that little moment. I feel like we need to get over that. We need to stay a little longer. Yeah. It's the least you could do. What about you, Tess? My one more thing would be, what was that line that was said in this movie? It was something about like, oh, it was like love. Love is like, fuck. Oh, love is a motherfucker. If you got it, hold on to it. And Amen. I agree. <laughs> it's so worth, it's worth the bullshit. It's worth the stress. It's not easy, but it's the most beautiful thing in the world is love. Mm -hmm. So it's worth the sacrifice. It's worth putting work in for any type of love, for love with your family, with your friends. Mm -hmm. There's like, that's your pets. (laughs) Yeah. For anything. It's the best thing in the world. Love is the best thing in the world. So it's worth fighting for. Love will keep us together. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Damn right. All right, you know the drill. If you like us, follow us. You can find The Geek Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Everywhere you go, we're there. And for those of you who absolutely cannot get enough of us, please let us know in a five-star review. And today we are reading a review from Katie Pritchard. Ooh. Pritchard? I think that's how you would say that. So Katie Pritchard left this amazing review, energetic podcast about fandoms. Tessa and Princess have put together such a fun podcast about your fave fandoms and stories. Absolutely love their energy, thoughtful perspectives, and chemistry together. 10 out of 10, recommend. Oh, yay. We do have great chemistry. <laughs> true. I was it's telling someone true. about that the other day. It's like, I we're really great. We're friends in real life as well, not just in podcast world. (laughs) So that helps. Well, now we are. I guess, like, we didn't know each other before this, but now we know each other. Now we're friends outside of podcast world as well as in podcast world. So all great. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) So the Geeks Podcast is hosted by me, Tessa Netting. And me, Princess Weeks. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all over the internet at Tessa Netting. And you can find me on YouTube as Princess Weeks and on Twitter as Weeks Princess. Next week, we are finally kicking off spooky season right. Y'all get ready. You do not want to miss it. This is a Netflix geeked and spoke media production. Kelly Kolf is our producer. Reyes Mendoza is our associate producer. Delora Patton is our coordinating producer. Special thanks, as always, to Carson McCain. Sound design and engineering by Evan Arnett, who also composed and performed our original theme. Our executive producers are Keisha T.K. Dutez, Brigham Mosley, Aaliyah Tapakolian, and Keith Reynolds. To stay updated on all things Geeked, be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikToks. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.